For nearly 20 years, Love Honey has been the sexual happiness people working to make a fun, fulfilling sex life available to anyone. Don't just take our word for it. With nearly 70 awards to their name, there's a reason Love Honey's customers come back time and time again. It doesn't matter what your experience, orientation, spice level, gender, or size is. Love Honey has what you need to feel and be sexy. Their in-house design teams work closely with customers to create the toys, sexy outfits with uh, with sexy outfits and accessories you need for mind-blowing fun, whether you're riding solo or playing with a partner. So one thing I like about, um, one, one thing that makes me feel sexy is the freedom to be sexy. You know what I mean? You want to have that freedom and that bond with your partner. And that's that there's nothing better than an experience where you both feel comfortable in the bedroom. And Love Honey helps with that um, all the way through. They have something for everyone. We're super excited to be teaming up with Love Honey to give you 10% off your next purchase. So just click the link in the episode description to claim your exclusive content. Don't forget, that's Love Honey, L-O-V-E-H-O-N-E-Y. Now, let's get to the podcast. A man, a woman is riding a bicycle down a street <laughs> and a big black arm shoots out to give somebody in a window a the middle finger, middle finger. And nobody's yeah. like, um, ma'am, excuse me? Yeah. Like, what is happening with you? Yeah. You may fire when ready. podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. How are you all feeling we are thrilled to be with y'all um you may notice a new layout and you may notice that a one brian roush is unable to join us and that is because the best of occasions it is his son liam's birthday so from marcus and i happy birthday liam we hope you have a great day um and brian we hope you were able to celebrate uh accordingly because those Hell kids, yeah. like when it's when it's four, five and under, it's just a, a celebration for you that you made it there, especially with with little ones. So happy birthday to Liam and, and happy birthday happy to birthday. the Roush family. Um, but Marcus, how are you yes. feeling, sir? I am good. It was a nice long week, nice long weekend <laughs> after Dakota Days and homecoming. So um, I am, ooh, I am poop. Monday should be a recovery. Um, I don't know when yeah. they switched it to. We used to have a day off after Dakota Days. Yeah. And now we don't. So that was a bad no. decision. We need to go back. <laughs> we, we yeah, I mean, it used to be that like Native American Day was right after Dakota yes. Days, which gave everybody yeah. a little bit of time off. So, yeah, man, I, I, I feel you. There were I've ran into some other folks who are also hurting on this Monday morning. So Boy. it is not just you, sir. Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought the students partied hard. The alumni go harder. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Alumni use this as like a almost like a hall pass. Like they can come oh, back and act a fool and nobody cares for sure. But yeah. Anyways, how are you doing? I am doing quite well. Um, I had a great weekend. It was mm-hmm. the first time I got to see the, the festivities from this side of the house. So it was nice to be able to be a participant and not a planner. So that was True. really, really great. Um, and yeah, I'm also excited because you and I have a very exciting trip planned for the end of the week. So that'll <laughs> we be a real blasty blast and be able to like, 
do some new things there, which will be fun. But, but Marcus, I am also excited because yeah. you and I yeah. and Brian, the three of us, are going to be changing up yeah. a little bit of our release schedule as it comes to the pod. And I wanted to let people know right off the jump what we got mm -hmm. planned so that way everyone can enjoy it. So here's how things are going to work. So Monday... Anyone, any Patreon person can join our conversation in real time with this uh, lovely live stream. Wednesday, Patreon can rewatch the, our Patreon subscribers can rewatch the video um, or see it the, the next day. But on Wednesday, we are officially going to drop our podcast wherever people get it. That's and then Jack. on Friday, we are going to make that video available to everyone. So our yeah. schedule will be a little bit different. But what we're excited to do is to get you this content sooner um, than before so make sure you sign up for our patreon it is a great 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 value there so patreon.com slash films mm -hmm. black and white um and then also just watch your you know wherever you get your podcast app for um the podcast to drop now on wednesday mornings instead of friday morning so a whole two days earlier so we are very very excited um but more importantly candy wars coming soon Candy Wars we got coming soon. So if you've been following us on Facebook, not Facebook and Instagram today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Shut but if you've down. been if you've been following us on Facebook or Instagram, we are doing something called the Candy Case Showdown. So this is where we are telling people to vote for their putting two candies that you would find in the candy case at a movie theater. And we are putting those up to head for our audience to vote on. And then the top eight, Marks and I are going to do a live show where we do a taste test and then give you our top three, which we are very, very excited for. That's a fact, Jay. Um, there have been some surprises. Um, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> Nerds rope coming yeah. out of left field. I did not see coming. So, hmm. yeah. So I, know I told Mark, you I won't eat whatever piece of shit it was going up against. It was Junior Mint. <laughs> and they tweeted us. They were like, that was, that no was challenge. That was my favorite part. That was my favorite part. First off, their gif was amazing yeah and then yeah. on top of it the fact that they tweeted back at us was fantastic so um but yeah that's what we got got coming so make sure that you check that stuff out marcus yeah. we have some score to settle with catch that quotable i am relevant but irrelevant um with this at the moment um but it's exciting nonetheless so that's mm -hmm. kind of where we're at so I'm going to let you kick us off because oh. you are in the lead. Okay. But what is your quote for this week's? Catch oh, I got to give the quote. Okay. All right. Hey, man. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> I can't really be a lawyer and a criminal. Can I? I want to win, but do I want to win like this? I'm of two minds here. Huh? I don't really want to be a, I can't really be a lawyer and a criminal. Uh-huh. Are you starting? Or you want me to read it again? Uh, go ahead and read it again. Oh, okay. I can't really be a lawyer and a criminal. Can I? I want to win, but do I want to win like this? I'm of two minds here. Huh. See, on the one hand with this, I feel like this is this is definitely a lawyer movie. So right off the jump, Liar Liar comes to mind. But okay. there are so many other like lawyer law movies that I'm having a hard time with. Okay. So I'm actually going to just wait and smash that hint button. Okay. To see what you got. So Marcus, do you have a hint for me? Um, yeah, I do have a hint for you. Okay. Um, it's going to be, 
it's going to be mob 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 it's gonna be mob okay it's gonna be mob yeah 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 <sighs> i mean i'm gonna have to go with my gut marcus is this uh liar liar douglas wagner this is not liar okay liar. what this is this liar. i could i had made up my mind once i thought of it i was like that's it this is batman the long halloween part one which oh i just watched God. last night harvey okay. Dent says it i'm oh. of two minds here so in that movie, they do a lot of hinting towards Two-Face. Sure. Um, they do a lot of situations where, oh, the house exploded. That's how he got his Two-Face. And it's like, nope, not exactly. Yeah. Um, so they do a lot of that. I watched, They posted part one and part two on HBO Max. So both oh, really? of those are actually up. And I watched part one last night. That's super legit. I was yeah, waiting yeah, until yeah. they would put those up there because yeah. that's, that's an awesome graphic novel. So yeah. I'm and really I, did, I had to do Mob because obviously the Falcone family yeah. Um that's 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 whose money it was when they when he Harvey makes the decision and he says that line mm -hmm. to Batman, all of their money is in this warehouse of the Falcone fam of the Falcone family. Yeah. And he's like, We need to burn it. So he has a match and he's like, I don't know if I want to win like this, but they take the match and burn all the money that's in oh, the wow. warehouse. Huh. So, yeah. Well, that's super cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Good, 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 and a new new newy, as you yeah, would say. New new newy. Yep. So, so Doug, what you got, man? All right. You ready for me? I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. I have to go shopping. We're running out of everything. Cat food, fish food, ant spray, rat poison. Okay. Wait, what? I have to go shopping. We're running out of everything. Cat food, fish food, ant spray, rat poison. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um Okay, here's what I think. Okay. This is a family movie. Okay. It could be a cartoon. Which would be very interesting. I'm running out of everything. Cat food, something, rat poison. Mm -hmm. One of these things don't belong in there, and I can't tell if it's the cat food or the rat poison. Okay. I want to say it's the rat poison. Okay. Uh, you know, it makes me think about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Okay. Like that scene where she feeds him the poison at the table, but I think that was a little bit too spot on. Oh, sure. What's sure. the hint? Your hint is secretary. Secretary? Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Batman, but it's Batman. It's the one with Catwoman and Penguin. And oh, I, Batman Returns? Batman Returns. Okay. Because Makai um, Pfeiffer was um, a secretary. Do you mean Michelle, do, do you Michelle, Michelle what did I say? Pfeiffer? Makai Pfeiffer, yes. That's a very different movie. Yes, that is a yes. Uh, <laughs> when Makai Pfeiffer becomes Catwoman. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're just going to go with that. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say that that's what it is. Okay. Okay. That Marcus is sadly incorrect. Ooh, Marcus, this movie it hurts. is the 1980 Jane Fonda classic nine to five. I ain't never Jane, seen that shit before with, see, this is the thing. Okay. It's a classic movie. It stars okay. Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda and Dolly Parton. And basically the way that this movie the reason why this movie is considered a classic is because it highlighted like people like bosses treating their secretaries and their employees like sit shit. Mm -hmm. And even further went to go and really highlight what women were exp experiencing in the workplace through like, um, 
basically, I don't want to say sexual assault. What's the other one? Um, um, sexual harassment. Yes. Um, and basically brought a big light to that. So much for that a lot of like women's unions popped mm-hmm. up immediately following the, following the movie. Oh, and shit. Jane Fonda even went so far as to like back up. It, basically, she visited all these women who were unionizing, heard mm-hmm. their stories, and used it as inspiration for 9 to 5. Hey, oh, okay. What and made it, you pick this movie? Um, the, the song, the Dolly Parton song, I'm okay. working nine to five. That was in that. She wrote that explicitly okay. for the movie. And that okay. is one of Britney's favorite songs and one of Britney's favorite movies. And I was like, we should do that one. That's, shout out to Britney. There you Britney's go. All, yeah. Shout out to Britney. That was a good, okay. That's a good movie quote. Yeah. That's an yeah. old, old oldie. It is an old, old oldie, but definitely, yeah. um, classic definitely worth sure. a, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, for sure. So the, the, the thing about the 80s, it gets a little wonky for me mm-hmm. because it's like there was a lot of movies in the 80s and a yeah. lot of 80s type movies. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And, and and the 90s almost tried to duplicate those 80s type movies. Sometimes it feels like. Um, oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. And the yeah. other thing about it is that they like some of them had such a formula sometimes that it's hard to tell them apart. Right. Like yes. it's hard to say, like the truly unique ones that stand out like nine to five Ferris Bueller's day off, like, like 16 candles. Those were so like very, very unique that Mm -hmm. it's so hard to place some of the other ones that were filler in between. So yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a tough order for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was good. Well, and thankfully because Brian's not here, we uh, didn't advance the scoreboard at all. So he's not not behind, which missed our opportunity. We love so, you, man. We did it on purpose. Well, Marcus, we saw a movie this week, we and sure we went to go see the uh, Venom Two. Let there be carnage. Uh, yesterday, carnage. you and I went to Vermilion Theaters to check this out. Um, and there you have it. There's the I. I think out of all the movie posters, I really liked that one the most. Yeah, um, and they released was, a lot of movie posters. Oh, for this yeah, particular movie. Um. And I think all of them did very well, and it extremely highlighted the two main characters in this sure. movie. Yeah, one hundred percent. There was no, there wasn't a lot of like additional fluff in these posters. Yeah, and they had a lot of like individual character posters too. Like, yeah. Anne got her own. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what the woman who screeches what her name is. Is it just Screech? No, it's that friends. can't be right. Francois, some FB. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, but Carnage got one. She got one. Venom got one. They all got their individual poster, which was also really cool. So if you're feeling fancy, go and check those out. But Marcus, I would love to get your barbershop summary mm. for this particular movie. Do you want to okay. give it a shot? Yeah, I can try. All right. Let's hear it, man. All right. So what had happened was, ladies and gents and and and, and people of all creeds and races and, and genders, um, it gets sticky. All right, so it, it gets a little ooey-gooey, if you will. Uh, so the black symbiote, Lethal Guardian, I guess is what he decides to call himself now. Uh, lethal Protector, whatever lethal it is you protector. want to call it. The anti-hero, whatever Venom is now at this point. Uh, he's back, okay? Um, he's back. Tom Hardy is back, looking grungy as ever the entire film. Yep. Like, he has not taken a shower. Um, and so you have the sequel to the first movie that may not have been a hit originally, but became a hit. The more it was on streaming services, we don't know. So basically, 
what had happened was they continued the story of the after credit scene of Venom 1 where um, um, Tom Hardy meets Woody Harrelson back when he was wearing that terrible wig, but now he upgrades Awful to wig. terrible bangs um, this this entire movie. Um, you have Woody Harrelson and Tom Hardy. Woody Harrelson is is playing the character of Cletus Cassidy. Cletus, Cletus Cassidy, um, mm-hmm. who, is a, who is this big time murderer about to get the death sentence and all this other stuff like that, but will only tell his story to, uh, will only tell the story to Brock. So Brock is, is was down on his luck, ain't been doing too hot, tells the story because he, with the help of Venom and the superpower that Venom has, he finds these dead bodies, okay? Finds the bodies, the bodies that weren't meant yep. to be found through the writings on the wall that uh, Cletus had left behind or Cletus had in his cell wall that Venom remembered. And so Cletus is gets the death sentence. He's pissed, okay? So he's yep. pissed, asks to see Eddie one more time. He bites Eddie, realizes Eddie got an STD, which the STD is just <laughs> venom. So he's like, hey, man, this blood don't taste like blood. I tasted blood before, and this ain't blood. So like, so he goes, he licks his finger, the little blood, Eddie's blood. Eddie, Eddie really should get that looked at because his blood reacted like symbiote blood. So yeah. then... Cletus, he, Cletus Cassidy, put it in his mouth, okay? And then he, that's how mm-hmm. he become carnage yeah, with his powers. There's a lady screaming. Um, her name is actually Shriek, by the way. Um, Shriek is screaming. Shriek. That's her literal literal power that's is Shriek. screaming. And that's the one that uh, is in love with uh, Cletus character before he turns to yeah. carnage, right? And so they fall in love. They have Eddie go in this entire movie. Basically, it's a breakup movie, okay? It's a breakup movie between yeah. Venom and Eddie, and it's a weird breakup movie because they do this thing where they show where their relationship works. Why, aren't, why isn't ours working? And right. they do a lot of the same shit that they did before, um, except they double it because it's a sequel ta-da um Ta-da. And, and basically you get this movie where the red ink fights the uh black ink because the red ink is like i gotta be the only one that's my daddy um, true. the other one's like oh my god what the hell going on eddie like we gotta work together carnage is like on a ram fucking rampage and shriek is being shriek yeah <laughs> like, basically kind of what it is so basically that's the whole movie the movie's only an hour 30 minutes they get right yeah. to the phone ain't a whole lot of fluff in there yeah, that's to be honest with you, for a movie that's an hour and a half, that's yeah. a great summary. Um, and what we forgot to say because Brian's usually the one to say this is yes, he stops us. S- spoilers. Uh, so just make, <laughs> make sure maybe if you heard that, we didn't Damn give it. all of it away, Damn but it. from now on, we are really gonna dive into it. So if you, you stuck with it that that far, that's why just, we need Brian. That's exactly why we need Brian. Brian, just um. <laughs> Stop here um, because we're really going to get into it, including the post credit scene um, that we'll get to here in a second. But really to make sure of this to give everybody a rundown of this particular movie, the box office numbers came in today um, Mm -hmm. and in a kind of a surprise for theaters, it opened to ninety point one million dollars at the domestic box office. Got to be the Um, biggest pandemic hit ever. Yeah, which is it's the biggest three day launch of the pandemic era, fueling the biggest weekend overall since the COVID-19 shutdown in March 2020, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of crazy um, for perspective. The Hollywood Reporter kind of gave some numbers for the superhero sensation Joker opened to ninety six point two million dollars two mm. years ago. So it came in a little bit less than that during a pandemic. So that's pretty actually good. pretty impressive overall. Um so, yeah, the other thing to keep in mind is that um, Black Widow held the previous record for three-day opening in a pandemic of $81 million. Mm-hmm. So um, right now, Marvel slash Sony in this case, they mm-hmm. own the top three openings of the pandemic era, era with um, Venom 2, 
Black Widow and then Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So it's kind of impressive that they've been taking these chances. And I think they've just really gotten lucky, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where we're at. I mean, the same people for the last one came back for this one. So you've got Tom Hardy as as Eddie Brock. You've got um Woody Harrelson as um, Cleus Cassidy. You've got Michelle Williams as Anne. You've got um, Naomi Harris plays Shriek. Um, and then this also has um, Steph, Steph, Stephen Graham plays a cop. Uh, can't remember the cop's name. And then Reed Scott comes back as Dr. Dan. Paul something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there you go. That's that's kind of your your cast for this. Marcus, let's kind of get into it. What did you like about this particular movie and what stood out to you? You know, I like, I'll go a little bit more behind the scenes. I love, I like the fact that Tom Hardy enjoys this movie. Yep. I mean, like, that's the base of it. He enjoys the character, enjoys the story, enjoys the movie. I also want to give props to Andy Serkis. Like, yeah, he is, he's doing something, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's not a bad thing at all. I think that, they both are very invested into the development of the characters of Eddie Brock and Venom and what this story is. Um, we, the first question that came to mind when, when this character got introduced or the movie got introduced is how do you do this without Spider-Man? Yeah. And it does seem like they are figuring that out. Yep. I don't know how much longer you can go, but for your first two movies, you're doing an extremely good job. So I just enjoy the fact that y'all are enjoying yourselves while making this movie. Like, Oh, Super invested. They are super invested. A hundred percent. And I think the other thing is, is I think you can tell that they're having fun with it because they're keeping things like short and light Mm -hmm. because I think, I think the death of this movie comes in over exposition. Mm -hmm. I think, I think like the death of this movie, a movie that doesn't do well is this movie, but they feel like they have to over explain why does Cletus's blood react that Mm -hmm. way? Um, They have to rehash why, why carnage doesn't ever really bond to Cletus. Mm -hmm. Like we have to rehash all of this. We have to go over the colors of the symbiotes again. Mm -hmm. Like that's the death of this. And what they did is look, you saw the first one that was fun. This one's going to be fun moving Mm -hmm. forward. So yeah. I think to kind of boost what you're saying, yeah, absolutely. I think that this, um, I think you're absolutely right. The I think the fun that the director and Tom Hardy had in this um, really, really, really comes out, and you can yeah. see it on screen there, which is which is really cool. Yeah. Um, on my end, as far as something that like I enjoyed about this is, I think the visuals are stunning. Um, again, I think they did a good job of making the of making venom and carnages like symbioteness mm-hmm. um really come out with the tendrils and the way that those tendrils look and the way that um I, I especially love they leaned into this a little bit more in this one than they did in the first one of like venom coming around the back and actually having a conversation yeah. um yeah. with tom hardy so um i really i really thought that the visuals in this were continued to be spot on because again if you don't do this well and you CGI the suit and make it like really, really um, green lantern-y, I think that's where this thing kind of, again, the wheels come off and it just yeah. doesn't quite work. So again, shout out to them for um, the passion, like you said, and then also like just the, the visuals of it as well. Yeah, no, I, I well, that's, I think the time length of this movie, we're getting into a weird time period where mm-hmm. same as albums, a lot of people don't want a lot of songs on their albums and a lot yeah. of people don't, some people like a three hour movie, some yeah. people like a long album. Some people like this shorter content. Like this was an hour and a half. 
they yeah. didn't waste any time getting into oh no like the story and the like the real meat and potatoes of this thing mm -hmm. like they, it's it's almost like they really trusted the audience or expected the audience to do their own research like yeah. it was like the assumption of like if you're watching this you know who Cletus Cassidy is and how bad of a motherfucker he was either in the 90s cartoon or in the comic books yeah they didn't have to reiterate how bad he was it was like this dude was a murderer he's a psychopath Woody Woody Harrelson does a good job embodying that oh, so yeah. that you see it on screen yeah um but they did not waste time and you know what it's it's kind of up and down for me I'm not gonna say I liked it all the way or yeah. that I didn't like it because in certain scenes it did feel like I could have used a little bit more of this, especially when it comes to the relationship building. Yeah. Um, while the movie is in full is a good run, the relationship between Cletus and his bright little light with Shriek, you know, yeah. it, it's implied and you get it, but like I didn't see like her full character development. I guess I'll say that. Yeah. And I think the other thing is I think short Shriek. <coughs> Um, and this isn't, I think Shriek got a short end of the stick in this mm -hmm. because she's a really robust character with a lot of like ins and outs and a lot of robust backstory. And what I think bugs me about her use in this is that she was literally used as a, well, how does Venom beat Cletus? Right. Well, what if Shriek turns on it? Right. Like it, that's, that's the only reason why a lot of this was used. And that's just kind of a, kind of a bummer um, because I think you could have done more with her. And I just, I feel like a lot of that relationship was almost a little unnecessary mm -hmm. um, i mean i appreciate his motivation and i that's how you bring all those people into the room right like th that relationship yeah, is how that. you get everybody into that church at the end it makes sense for the story but there's a part of me that being a little more nitpicky mm -hmm. i was like the love story felt rushed and it was just kind of there so yeah. I, I didn't really need it um yeah. to move things forward so um yeah. I, again, like you said, I mean, this is quick. Like this is not, this is not a short, this is not a long movie where they get bogged down in exposition. The trust your audience statement of like, look, it's venom. It's carnage. You get it. It's fun. Yeah. See you later is basically which, the operation, which is what the first movie was like. The first oh, yeah. movie was absolutely like, I think it was made with the intent is this is supposed to be fun. Now, one of the things that um, just in natural conversation, one of the things I did not like yes. was, um the the conversations between venom and brock at times yes. so i'll just say the dialogue in general in this movie yeah. in times was like very it was weird dialogue um very what was one of the dialogue. scenes we looked at each other and was like what did they just say like I there think was Sh a shriek said something there was a well there was a sh shriek when she goes and takes Anne mm -hmm. is like what the fuck is happening here? Like, yeah. like who is this woman? Yeah. And why is she talking like that? Yeah. Like the way they tried botched it. <laughs> they botched it. Man. They botched like, it. and then like walked off. I was like, what is happening here? And the other thing that you and I could not shake. So uh, Tom Hardy <laughs> did his fucking best. And the yeah. fact that he voices Venom and plays Eddie, Eddie Brock, is mm -hmm. to his credit. Again, he loves the character. He loves doing that. Not faulting him for it. He mm -hmm. should have listened and watched The Dark Knight Rises before he yeah. committed to that Same character, Venom. Because frequency his higher. Venom sounds almost identical to Bane. All, like almost yeah. identical. It's close. Except with a little bit more fun and a little less raspy breathing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like no, that scene like, that, that that scene in the club, I looked at you and I was like, that's fucking Bane, man. Like that's uh, like I'm, we should all just love each other. <laughs> like I was like, we don't need to do this at all. I was like, that is exactly what this is. That is exactly it is exactly what he sounded like. And and it's just throughout the movie, the whole the dialogue throughout the movie in some spaces mm-hmm. was just really annoying. Like the conversation yeah. between Venom and Eddie, I just feel like there was a lot of that that they really leaned into. We should really lean into the they argue a lot and got to share one body thing a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I would think that these two would have figured that out the first go round after they fought the big silver one. Yeah. Yeah. I And I think that, and I agree with you. And I think there were moments where other people were talking and then you could hear that audio go a little bit quiet and Venom would say something and then mm-hmm. it would go back to normal. And for me, it's like, okay, is what is this interaction important or is this a setup for a Venom punchline? Like, and that's not to say that there weren't moments where it was really like valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, it's entertaining. Right. And I like to see that relationship between Eddie and Venom. But there are moments where it's like when they're having a conversation with the cop, you know, the second time around. The cop is talking and Ed, Venom keeps chiming in. It's like, man, mm. shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. I'm trying to hear what this person has to say because there might be an important piece. Now, to the to Andy Circus's and, and Tom Hardy's credit, that's got to be what it's like for Eddie Brock to be with Venom. He can't focus because Venom's always chiming in. Mm-hmm. But for an audience, it's kind of annoying. Or, or at least I found it to be annoying. Yeah, it can be a lot for sure. Yeah. And that's and that's not to say... Like, yes, you know, maybe the movie is supposed to be written from a perspective of Mm -hmm. Eddie Brock and Venom. And that's what it sounds like. And this is what it feels like to have a voice in your head, which if that's the case, I think they did that extremely well. Oh, for sure. Um, But at other scenes, a a lot of this relationship was just like Venom destroying the bike. Okay, yes, that would actually happen if Venom got pissed off. Like this ego stroking thing with Venom, Mm -hmm. although that may be true to an extent to the root of that character. You think about Venom and Spider-Man. And Venom wants to the best. That's why he, he wants, attaches to Spider-Man. He's the best. He wants to be the best. He's he the, wants to kill Spider-Man because of his, you know, it, he even says it in the movies like I'm an apex predator. Like yes. I don't I don't wait around for things to come to me. Like I go out and take them. And he take and and, and I think that it's, it was just weird that there was a lot more ego stroking in this that that got Venom going to protect him like I want to hear an apology. I want to hear him big or yeah. Ann telling him like, Oh, aren't you the best? And like kind of flirting with Venom or letting him know that he's a, like, where does that stem from? Because yes. on his planet, he's a loser. But right. now you're saying you got to stroke his ego and here he's the he, big hero. Yeah. yeah. I didn't understand that either. And I think the other thing that, that kind of bugged me about that too is the, is the scene in the club when he's like, Oh man, Eddie, I really wish you were here to see yeah. this. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, that seems a little out of character for Venom as we know him in the comics, right? Like mm-hmm. that feels out of character because again, Venom is I've made you better. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge. You're just along for the ride. And in this, it's like they both need each other. And again, the death of this movie is leaning again. This movie worked. It, it, it crushed it, it does, at the box yeah. office. Yeah. It, it's entertaining. So this is very, very nitpicky stuff. Um, but this is that that fine balance of like if you had gone too much either way, this movie doesn't work. But mm-hmm. it does seem a little just an odd. It seems like an odd choice. I think and is I, the best way to put it. I'll say this before. I, one more thing before you, I get to you. Yeah. Or before I hand it over to you, rather. Um, 
this is important. Yes, it's it's nitpicky, but here's why it's important to me. Mm-hmm. When we look at that in credit scene, yes, it seems it it seems like they are building that bridge to to for mm-hmm. these two people to run into each other. So if you want to leave, now's a great time to pause the podcast, go <laughs> yep. watch the movie, and then come what back. Spoilers for are happening life. right now because at the end of the movie. We see this scene where Eddie and Venom are having this conversation in some mm-hmm. island on some island because they're on the run. Um, same island from in the heights, probably <laughs> with the green crab. <laughs> with um, the green crabs. So they're having this conversation, and Eddie and Venom is basically telling Eddie, I would blow your mind with the things that I've seen as a symbiote in the universe. Yeah, and all the hive mind, stuff. the hive mind of the universe gives us all the knowledge. It's so much knowledge, it would blow your little mind. That's exactly Here's what just a taste. Yes. Yep. As that happens, and he says, here's a taste, okay? There's this flickering of a light mm-hmm. that happens. And he's like, what? And Eddie and Venom are like, what's going on? What's happening? What are you doing? He's like, that's not me. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's this blip. And yep. it's the same lighting and coloring from Loki and the multiverse and all that other yep. stuff. So exactly giving you a hint is. of where this is leading. And they end up in this new room. It's, it's still an island, but it's in a new room. And uh-huh. then everything flips. They look to the TV. He's like, what's happening? Where are we right now? Blah, 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 blah. Look to the TV. Spider J. Jonah Jameson is on TV saying how we just found out Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Blah, 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 the blah, end blah, 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 of Far From Home. The end of Far From Home is playing on the TV screen, and it's the news segment. And <laughs> Venom looks at the screen, and he says, "There's some." what did he say? There's something he about there's him. There's something about this. He's like, there's something about this guy and then he yeah. licks peter parker's face he licks the screen the screen peter he licks parker's the face. screen and he walks out this this random guy walks out who is in the room essentially right yes um and walks out and he's like dude what are you doing and it's just hard it's just tom hardy sitting on the floor like i don't know what i'm doing or where i'm at the multiverse just flipped and basically these yes. two worlds are colliding for this is doing what we knew was eventually going to happen yeah this was taking Again, Marvel's trying to consolidate its Spider-Man property um, into one space. And what it basically did is pay people who really enjoyed um, was a spot was Spider-Man three. The um, was that the Fox universe or was that still Sony? I think that 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 was Sony. Yeah. With Toby, that was Sony. Yeah, that was Toby. So Sony. So consolidating all of its Sony universe stuff into now the Tom Holland universe. Mm hmm. And essentially it that's what it's doing, that this moment that's supposed to happen in No Way Home is what brings everything together. Now, that is yet to be seen. December will come and we will have to have an update as far as what this means going forward. Mm -hmm. I do. I have a theory about this, and I know you and I talked a little Mm -hmm. bit like right after the movie. I have a theory as to I think that Venom knows who Spider-Man is. Okay, that's how. And this is how. When so he said the hive mind of the universe has more knowledge than your little brain can handle. I think that this venom knows about Spider-Man because of the other venom from the from from Spider-Man three and is picking up on that universal information through that connectedness Hmm. back to where he comes from. And I think he's able to identify he sees the suit and that's triggering his knowledge to say, I know this person is powerful because otherwise there's no reason for him to say that um, because it's just an image on a screen. Um, But I think I fundamentally think that that's where that's headed. 
that that would be I think that that would give you I think that that would validate movie sense uh-huh. that it would make sense and connect the bridges movie wise. Yes. Me personally, I disagree. I think that okay. I think that Venom that was his first time seeing Spider-Man and kind of yeah. close to the comics there was always something about Spider like sure. even in the comic books and the TV shows Venom would reject Brock for Spider-Man. That's true. After, and and mind you, that's after they attach to Spider-Man and, and feel that power and feel all of that. Because yeah. technically, for those that don't know, Spider-Man is one of the most powerful heroes in the Marvel oh, universe. Yeah. And, it, and if it's you said go back repetitively. And, repetitively. And if you go back and read like the old like 1975, 1970, like 1974 through like 1980 versions of that, like right after The Amazing Spider-Man came out that's all Peter Parker says. And yeah. it's not, it's not like, you know, the writers like Steve, Gick, uh, Steve, get Ditko and Stan Lee are sitting there being like, yeah, write And tell everybody how great he is. The dialogue is literally like yeah. J Jonah Jameson doesn't realize that I'm the strongest superhero that ever lived. Like what the fuck? Like no humility yeah. to this yeah. shit at all. Or like another line that I remember reading because Harrison was really big into these. So I started, it's hard to read him things as a parent. Like we have to be very conscious of like violence and fighting mm, and things like mm-hmm. that. So I can read him the old school ones. Cause it's like, I'll get you Dr. Octopus. <laughs> Wham. Like it's not, it's really easy to, to explain that away. Yeah. And in these literally um, Peter Parker says things like, you know, I really wish I could help Aunt May, but with my superpowers, it would just be too much because of how strong I am. It's like, <laughs> Just calm the fuck down with yeah. your hype train. Yeah, um, I feel like that was a lot of heroes back. Even Superman was like that too. Like, well, yeah. I can't, I can't touch Lois because I'll crush her if I right. give her a hug. Like, hey, right. buddy, like tone One the fuck down. my finger and her whole head would explode. Yeah. Like, like, what do you think? Everybody, God. just relax, okay? Right, but right, but I do. I, I think, I think Venom saw Spider Man mm-hmm. and sees that that is something. Because yeah. he, imagine true. who he's attached to. He's attached to Eddie Brock. That's true. And imagine that the thing that you see, Venom doesn't know anything about superheroes either. True. So it hasn't and, experienced him yet. He has not experienced it. And Brock, for all we know, superheroes do not exist in this world. The, yeah. He's only had interactions with Screech and a, another symbiote. So true. that's Spider Man. That's your first interaction. So there could be something there that says, I don't even know what at what point this these two would collide, right? Because you have Spider-Man Far From Home. I don't think it's happening immediately after that. Venom 3 already got greenlit, but it seems like they've already kind of hinted at Toxic, which is another yeah. um, Captain Camille. Mulligan who was the officer in this movie. Um, uh, so... I don't know. It's just it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know when you would throw this in there, but it's just weird. Well, and the other thing that I'll say is I think I think the other thing that I'll mention is I think that the I mean, first off, Andy Serkis is all but has confirmed it now on two separate different occasions that Venom and Spider-Man will come head to head. That that is that is where this is heading as far as a payoff is concerned, that we are headed towards this target of Venom and Spider-Man are going to interact with one another in some way, shape or form. Am I really thrilled about a Venom three where it's toxic and not? some type of like non symbiote threat, not super much, especially since yeah. they've all, since they've confirmed that the Spider-Man thing is happening, yeah. but I'm curious to see how it plays out. Like, I don't, we don't know how permanent 
the events of No Way Home are going to be. So it's yeah. hard for us to sit here and say, like, well, we know what's going to happen. We don't know yet. Like any of this is still guessing. up. Yes. I'm tired of guessing. I just want to say this. Okay. I want to say this. I'm okay. tired of guessing. I'm tired of the rumors. I'm tired of all that shit because like Spider-Man, I get it. It's the biggest hype train. It's the biggest Marvel movie that's going to come out next, but I'm tired of hearing about it. Like I'm tired of trying to figure out if Tobey Maguire is in it. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to figure out if Andrew Garfield is in it. We know that the multiverse Questions have to be answered in Spider-Man. I don't think that they're going to wait till Multiverse of Madness. I think Spider-Man is step one into getting more in depth, and then Multiverse of Madness expands on that in, in on that depthness. Right? This was just a tease because the reality is Sony and Marvel cannot own the same properties, and there's going to be they a can't. there's going to be a fork in the road at some point. Where they are going, because at the beginning of the movie, I looked at Doug and I said, and it says, in association with Marvel. Yeah. That means Marvel does not own that character. That means they are working together to figure mm -hmm. this out. There's going to be a point where Disney is going to have to be like, we want the characters back. Or Sony's going to say, we want the characters back. Somebody's got to make a decision. I yeah. don't know how much longer they can go with these two separate universes. Um, especially with Sony not having a Spider-Man. I think what they're going to try to do is I, and I, I hope that this doesn't come back to bite either one of them, but it feels very much like they're, they're basically saying, okay, we've got our sandbox over here mm -hmm. and you've got your sandbox over there. And sometimes your truck plays in your sandbox. And sometimes we want to, we want to borrow your truck and let it play in our sandbox for a little bit way. Mm -hmm. Now your sandbox is still there, but we can go back and forth. And that way everybody eats, no. but there's still a portion of this that feels like a, there's only so many things that Sony can do with what's in their sandbox yeah. before they run out of storylines or ideas. Now, maybe it's, we exhaust it all until we have no other options and then we give up. Um, but I have to think that there's gotta be, because I mean, I don't know who owns Miles Morales is movie rights. I still don't know who owns like a bunch of the other like Spider-Man villains, like the big ones we know about. Right. Like, right. Um, you know, like L Lizard and others we know exist and Sony owns. But there are some other smaller ones. But Spider-Man villains run into other Marvel characters all the time. Mm -hmm. And these things need to be able to work themselves out naturally. So I hope that they come to some arrangement or otherwise you're right. Like it's going to get weird. And there are, by the way, there are no less than three references to Spider-Man in this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. There is yeah. where Eddie Brock smashes the spider with his finger mm -hmm. um, or with his hand. Uh, I don't know if it's hand Cletus. or his Cletus, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Where Cletus smashes the spider in the cell with his mm -hmm. finger, like, and just puts his thumb down on it. Mm -hmm. um, what were some of the other ones? Like, there were some other really thick references by Eddie and Venom to Spider-Man as well. I mean, Daily Bugle. There's the Daily, the Daily Bugle, Bugle. The West Coast edition of the Daily Bugle. Yeah. There's all sorts of things that they're like, see, this exists. It's not by <laughs> itself. It's yeah. over here, but it's it's over here and it's aware of what's going on. But it's not going to come into contact yet. And I, my guess is it's not going to come into contact and we'll see some news like, you know, Sony and Marvel agree to, you know, each each owns the rights to Spider-Man and can make movies if they want to. And then right after that, it's going to be Venom 4 or, you know, something like that. 
red, white, red, red, blue, and black, like black and red and black and blue all over or something like that, where it's oh, that sort God. of conversation. Oh, so, I, hope that, I hope that that's not the subtitle. Uh, I made uh, it up. I, that, please don't hire me for that. Well, Usually they did. No, well, they, they did let there be carnage. And I got to um, be honest. Can we talk about carnage for a minute? Let's talk, let's talk about okay. it. I have a beef with that character. And this is my beef. Okay. Carnage is violent. This is interesting. Carnage is walking down the street, seeing people to fuck people up just for fucking people's up sake. He is, I'm going to bring mass destruction and violence on a very, very, very large scale. Yeah. And we have active moments after Cletus takes on the car, the carnage symbiote where he's just hanging out on a street. Yeah. Like he's driving a car. Um, there is no like, mass destruction i mean this is a serial killer who is completely unhinged in the comics um and yet here it's sort of like i'm unhinged but i'm also just really smart maybe like yeah. and so there's a portion of me that was like a little can we see more carnage i mean we saw him push a vehicle off a bridge for no good reason we did. um i mean there was the whole destruction with the cop cars outside the, and the jail and the jail like and also glass imploding inwards cuts everybody would have killed her yes. absolutely yeah, that would have killed her but i feel like there wasn't enough i want i want sony to take on the courage the same courage that fox did with logan and say we have a character that can make knives with any <laughs> part of his body yeah. and enjoys cutting people up let's put some blood in this and yet the only like real blood we saw was um, when Eddie, when he bit Eddie's finger. Yeah, that's true. There that's was a it. lot of head bitings off and people literally dying yeah. from venom taking over their bodies and stuff. Yes. And the darkest that they got with the blood was um, the quick head biting scene of Cletus Cassidy at the end of the movie. Yep. And, and then, then the alleyway the where blood. there was a yeah, dead body. Alleyway. Yep. Right. And so I, and, and that's I, I to say carnage isn't violent i mean in the in the prison he sticks his tongue down somebody's throat sure until do. they die sure that's pretty that's pretty gruesome that's but there's still a portion of this that just feels like what is happening this feels very non-carnagey and i so. think to add to doug's point you just had a mass murderer who was set to the death sentence that was bought back mm -hmm. by the governor of california was bought back now yeah he just escaped the prison and started a a carnage tornado tornado out of the prison eating the warden okay and there was no mad every all that happened on the news was they put the city on a curfew they That's didn't it. say we need to lock this motherfucker down because he just transformed into an alien and the yeah. cops was like well we don't know what really happened they just said Is they seen a, a monster this is like what and i was like wait a minute of all the officers that are in that prison all the reports you would have gotten yeah you didn't hear nobody distinctly say yo he turned into a big red fucking monster and, right. he, and walked right out of here and also do you know how many prisons that just don't have portions of their prison where there's no cameras yeah right right there's this so the whole execution wing that's like nah they're not getting out there don't put any cameras in there. <laughs> They're putting cameras yeah. fucking everywhere, yeah. man. Yeah. So somebody somewhere would have had some type of footage of this. Yeah. The same goes for Venom. A man, a woman is riding a bicycle down a street <laughs> and a big black arm shoots out to give somebody in a window, a the middle, middle finger. finger. And nobody's yeah. like, um, ma'am, 
excuse me like what is happening with you so there's there's a lot of this the other so there's just i'm confused as to what the people in san francisco see or don't see um because it just it seems random and very selective like we're not going to notice that there's people because that's the other thing there are people who he who venom is taking on who like you mentioned are dying and not a small amount of them he didn't bounce around when he got to that club he was like lost another one how many others were there before that and we're just not paying attention to that yeah like yeah so i just think that there is some detail and again the the death of this movie is exposition so i get why they skipped it and they didn't feel like they needed to go back to it because it would have been really discombobulating. But I just think that there are some moments where you could have dove into the mind of Cletus Cassidy a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You could have done something like maybe the cop is right before he gets a call about the prison breakout. He's hearing about like, that's another random death. And in this square mile radius, yeah. it's just with the FBI saying, because Eddie says at one point in time, the FBI is still investigating us for what happened sure last did. time. He sure oh, did. So no one's gonna. So they're not paying attention to the random people who are just yeah. showing up dead. Yeah. Like yeah. there's just a lot of this that just it just doesn't all add up. Not that I'm saying it has to, but it just it seems confusing. It is. I think, and, and that's. I think that that's their downfall of this. I think so. short movie. I mean, an hour and a half. You do not have time to dive into these. Do I need a complete exposition on 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 Cletus Cassidy? No, I, I don't no. think so. I think like once no. again, you trusted me enough to know how bad this motherfucker is. But for those that are watching it that may not get it, um, Woody Harrelson's a great actor, but yes. he's older, and and I know that he commits fully because he definitely gave um, Shriek some tongue. Uh, yes, I, I, oh. like, when they first kissed, they full on. They like, went got full after it, tongue, and it was nasty. And I, well, it wasn't nasty. It was just like it was. I just wasn't expecting it, but. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Something is missing. The movie yeah. is, I think for me, the movie is fun. Yes, absolutely. It's fun. And you're not supposed to think about the the in and outs or this, this small stuff too much. You're just supposed to enjoy the ride. Yes. Because literally point. there are scenes that are set up in these big, huge spaces where you can slot. Venom was being destructive as fuck climbing that wall. Oh, was like, look at the things that we could do. And you've got me hiding and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, you're hiding. Yeah. <laughs> it seriously, it it sounds like Bane. It, it really does. <laughs> sounds a lot like Bane. It sounds a lot like Bane. I think it was like a pitch off where they just raised it a little bit or lowered you it. Really adopted the dark. Yeah, like you could run it side by side and swap the dialogue, and you wouldn't know the difference between Bane and Venom too. That's very like, true. That's just how it was. But I just, I don't know. I wanted Venom to stretch his legs a little bit more, too. I would absolutely agree with that. And to provide some context onto why it's so short. So Andy Serkis, the director, participated in a QA and a with IGM, uh, with IGN, the uh, online video game and sort of comic book magazine. Um, And he answered, they answered him, they asked him directly about the shorter runtime. And he had this to say, Mm. quote, We always wanted this film to be a real thrill ride, a fast, muscular, not hanging around too much with exposition. But having said that, I think what we've done is achieved a real balance between dropping an anchor with all the characters that you feel like you're fully immersed in them 
and that we're not just rushing through to the next battle or action part. We knew we needed to get Carnage into the story at a certain point in time and didn't want to linger too long before that happens. But by the same token, what's at the heart of this movie is a fantastic relationship between Eddie and Venom. So we didn't want to rush through that. It was about really nailing the tones so that it always felt like the comedy was being supported by real emotion and and pathos and real feelings. You get sucked in. Like once Carnage comes to life, Eddie is then trying to track him down. So it had its own internal sort of energy that you couldn't escape. Mm. Um, and I think that they nailed that. Like if the, if that if that's the intention, if yeah. that quote is the intention for this, then you, did it. You, did, it. you did it. You did it. You did it. Ten out of ten movie. You absolutely did. And I think that that's a different discussion we need to have. Sure. Is is if a director, the, the mm-hmm. director, what is the director's job to create the vision that they have set forth yep. to create the money making vision that the that the production company has set forth yep. or to appease the audience completely? Because yep. I don't think you'll ever hit all three. Absolutely. Um, um, all of the time. Now, there are movies that do hit that motherfucker. All, all three barrels. For sure. They hit it every single time. Um, but if his goal was that exact quote. Then yep. I can't be mad at Andy Circus and Tom oh, Hardy for being not. like, we want to create a we want to create a muscle car. We want to we want a car that mm-hmm. you're not gonna need a lot of the in and outs of this shit, but you know that this yep. bitch is fast and this bitch looks pretty. You don't care where the thread for the leather seats no, came from. All no. you need to know is that they're com- comfortable in a nice ride. No, yes. Um, and I and I agree with that. I mean, like I said, exposition is the death of this, where yeah. you get bogged down in the like why Carnage can create these things with his tendrils, but not these things. No. Nobody gives a fuck. They want to get to where Venom and Carnage fight. But and I we've think we've been spoiled though, Doug. That's we've true. been spoiled. We've been we Marvel has spoiled us because that's true. They take the span of three to six movies to give us full character development and the ins that's and outs of these true. characters. And not only the movies, they give us the TV shows yeah, and the shorts on Disney Plus. If we're looking at Sony. Sony is just developing this character who had one movie about two, three years ago, maybe. And yeah. now it's like we want we, you know, us look at us asking for a deeper explanation when I think that there are people out there that are just like, I don't need the deep exposition movie. I don't need a Shakespeare fucking play about Venom. I just no. want to see two ink blots fight each other. Basically. And like maybe that's all we want. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think 2018 was when Venom. That's crazy. Um, the first one came out. I mean, it was three years ago at this point. Um, so yeah, three. I never know what yeah, year it 18, is. 19, um, <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. So you're right though. Like again, we've been spoiled in the case where not only are we getting exposition in like movies and mm-hmm. TV shows, there's a thread through all of them. I mean, look at look at look at Wanda Maximoff. Look mm-hmm. at she came up in Age of Ultron, then she comes back in Civil War, then she comes back again in Infinity War and Endgame with a Mm -hmm. very powerful moment in Mm -hmm. both of those. Then you follow her up with such a robust series that when you rush things like this, I think some Marvel fans are going to be deeply disappointed Mm -hmm. with how this fucks, with how this shakes out i think they're gonna say why not give me something more than just the comedy of eddie and venom mm-hmm. having essentially a domestic abuse situation that's true <laughs> and doug said that in the theater it was in, though. In eddie's apartment yeah. um there's something to that like and i think i think it just felt like there were some gimmicks that came out the second time that i was like 
oh, I just saw this. And again, context for everybody listening, I watched Venom on Friday for context so for this. That idea is still fresh in your head. So I remember seeing some of those same, like, like the gag of those two talking to one another really comes to its head towards the second half, the, the second half of the second act and the third act of that movie where Venom is having a conversation with Eddie in the car saying like, oh, this is nice. Like, see how much Anne cares about you. This is really, really nice. So then to see it, have that be all of what we were getting in Venom 2 just felt like a you can't do anything different. Like yeah. there's, there's no, there's nothing unique about their relationship. I get it's more complicated because Venom wants recognition and Eddie just wants mm-hmm. to survive. Mm-hmm. There's a portion of this. It also feels like Venom's threat throughout the whole movie never yeah. came fully realized because his threat the whole time is if I leave, you die. Like, you mm-hmm. know how that works. Mm-hmm. He left and what happened? Eddie didn't die. So yeah. he's just what? Full of shit. Yeah. 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 Cause, and that was, a th- <laughs> I don't know. Once yeah. again, we don't need the full exposition, but they were introducing points mm-hmm. that were very significant and yeah. I think were not hit on all the way. The idea of Carnage calling Venom my father. Oh, that's a yeah. heavy point that I think that was not dived into enough. Yeah. The realization for Eddie when he's riding a bike that I can't die. You're just going to heal and protect me. Like to be fit, to feel like a puppet when you're feeling like used like that yes. and break up with Anne. They don't really dive into that. It just becomes more of a laughing moment. It's a joke. It, it becomes a joke. A lot, and yeah. I think that that's it. You over joked the movie because I you had really good points in this yeah. that you just you then covered in. We don't really need like an explanation. We're just going to cover it in the comedy yeah. of it all. Yeah. And I think that I think that that example of Eddie basically driving into oncoming traffic saying, I can't die. You're yeah. just going to heal me. You're going to protect me because if I die, you die. Mm-hmm. So. Why isn't this so why isn't so so there's nothing you can do to me and Venom's response of the like odd couple moment making him making breakfast in the morning yeah. just feels like a oh so he really doesn't get it and you don't want the you don't hey. want the audience to yes. relate to Eddie. You yeah. want them to say, "Oh, isn't it nice to have Venom around? He's so much yeah. fun." Instead of like this man tried to kill himself the night before. Yeah. Which because is why he felt I cannot entirely out of control. Yeah, go and ahead. I can't see, and I can't see when it's time for that Spider-Man and that Venom to interact. Mm-hmm. I can't see Venom being the Venom that we know he is from the comics prior to Agent Venom, prior to this new anti-hero yeah. shit. Like Venom is a menace. He's a fucking walking monster. And yes. in reality, in the comic books, Eddie Brock's hates. Peter Parker to a point where obviously Eddie gets over it. Like obviously the development it's of the responsibility character. line. He makes a comment of like, Oh, all of that responsibility. Who yes. Needs that, that was the and other Spider-Man that reference. Boost your Spider-Man yeah. reference. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. So like, it's like, how can I expect the venom that I know to mm-hmm. interact with the Spider-Man like this when everything's a fucking joke? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when do we see menace venom? Like, I know we're trying to make him this anti-hero. Same that we do with Deadpool. Same mm-hmm. that we do with all these other fucking characters. And I asked Doug at the beginning, I was like, Doug, I didn't. when did Venom become a kid's movie? Because there I were a lot know. of kids that were walking into the theater, like young, yeah. young kids. And I don't think that that's this character. I don't either. And I think that this brings up like a great point that you and Brian and I were having in our chat is we had a conversation in our chat about this whole notion of, how is it that we have um, 
these villains that people relate to and yes. see themselves in. Yes. So much so that they look past these villains really problematic points. Yep. And we had this conversation. It was surrounding. It was Joker. goddamn Dr. Doom. It was Dr. Doom and it was Joker were the two ones that got brought up. And you brought up a great point with Dr. Doom of like, he's a piece of shit. Like yes. he's an evil, evil dude. And people are like, he's so great. He's my favorite, mm -hmm. not just villain, my mm -hmm. favorite character period. Mm -hmm. And so how is that? Why are people not recognizing that as being problematic? And I would say there's a little portion of this with Sony verse venom and comic book venom. I mean, mm -hmm. comic book venom is he's a menace because he's walking around New York, eating people left and right. Yep. Not because he has a hunger, but because he because fucking he wants, can. Yes. He because who's going to stop him besides fucking Spider-Man. Spider right. And that's why Carnage is such a threat because he's a piece of venom yep. mixed with someone who is without the Eddie Brock inhibitor. Yes. And what I didn't, what I, what I didn't see in this was that say, was that same piece to that father line and that, that whole culmination of that sort of reveal and interaction. Mm -hmm. What I didn't see here was that I'm what you aren't. Yes. That's why I'm better. Yes. Than you. Yes. Yes. They, yes. He, yes. He tried to say it in the theater but nothing visually or cinematically up into that map point reinforced mm -hmm. it other than that, like, I'm better than you because I'm completely unhinged. And I remember because I said it, I was like, yeah, you're willing to do the things he won't do. Yes. But it's just it just felt like there they was didn't a, finish the a lot of these storylines, y'all, just being honest with you, did not finish. No. There was a lot of Cletus calling out Brock for being, we're one in the same. Mentioned Brock's mom dying when he was born. I was like, wait a minute. What the You're fuck? just going to say that and yeah. and like you're not going to give any more information? Like that's how you just drop the name? Like if the whole movie was we are one in the same and it was Brock yeah. acting just as bad because he was feeling himself or whatever the case may be, which yeah. I'm kind of glad they didn't do that route, right? Right. But also if it was Brock and it was aligning these two characters between Cletus and Brock and how they would have used their symbiotes or how they mm -hmm. would have done things in the end, Carnage is going to reign supreme because Cassidy in, in real life is a murderous killer. While and, Brock yep. is just somebody. Who was, yeah, he's a loser and somebody I mean, who's trying to survive. Right. He's just trying to get from. I mean, at the time, his biggest competition was Peter at the daily bugle at for better daily. pictures. And Tell that's Peter a large portion of where the resentment for Spider-Man comes right. because venom remembers that Peter Parker and Spider-Man are the same bonds with venom and says, we have a mutually shared interest in hatred and destruction of this person. Mm -hmm. And we're going to seek it nothing more than to do that. Yeah. So that's, I agree with you. I think there's a portion of that know. that just feels kind of, tonally tonally just sort of off yeah um and a lot of this stuff just doesn't get flushed out i would have do you know what would have been really great Tell if me. you're going to direct this and the whole point is let's look at how eddie brock and cletus cassidy are similar give me a flashback of mm -hmm. that moment in the hospital mm -hmm. and the level of shame that eddie felt at that moment then have venom jump out mm -hmm. because then it's not because I think one of the things that I think is would have been really cool to see is look a symbiote in my mind. This is how I understand it. I'm not okay. a fucking biologist, but the way that I understand a symbiote is to this: they are going to protect their host 
from all threats, mm-hmm. physical, emotional, spiritual. Their job mm-hmm. is to create a shell because any of those threats weakens their host to potentially dying and therefore them dying. Mm-hmm. So what I have would have really loved to see in that moment is Cletus makes this com- this comment that says, you and I are the same. I murdered my parents just like your dad beat you because your mom died giving birth to you. Flashback in Eddie's head to that, whether that's a sequence, whether that's Mm -hmm. them in the hospital getting that news, then Venom steps in and says, "Uh oh, he's feeling emotionally downtrodden. This guy's getting to him. Now I have to step in Yes, rather than the pure aggression. That's a more flushed out relationship between host and symbiote that I would have loved to see. But again, it was let's induce these sort of quarter plots and it'll add up to a whole movie. Mm -hmm. Some cases it does. And in some cases it's about a, it's, it's maybe a couple cents short to stick with the analogy. I agree. And, Um, and I do think as far as the symbiotic relationship, which is mentioned, I'm not asking for this. It was mentioned in the movie. There was mm -hmm. literally a line from Brock that said they're not symbiotic. We are. We are. Yep. So, so, and while they do hint at Venom feeling things, especially when Anne revealed she was engaged to Dr. Dan, mm-hmm. um, you know, I agree with you, Doug. And there, I can't stop thinking about the original, the Spider-Man three, when yeah. Tobey Maguire takes on the Venom, the angrier he gets, the stronger the Venom mm-hmm. became. And then when it took over Eddie Brock, like you said, yeah. it fueled that entire moment. Yeah. I'm waiting for that part they're saying like these two bodies coexist in the one carnage was more venom i think was more was a better example of a venom relationship with cletus because cletus was like i'm trying to get up out of here he's like don't touch my wife i'm trying to get up out of here and carnage was like if she opens her mouth again i will kill her that was always what i imagined the venom relationship being this one just says that eddie and venom live they cohabitate together in the yeah. space. And I don't think that that's it because you're going to need a little bit of an edge when it's time to introduce Venom to Spider-Man. Y'all did this. Yes. That's the thing. Y'all yeah. did this. And now you have to be aware of the story you told before we got to the end credit scene. Yeah. And because I, once you get there, you can discredit everything else that happened before because that does not match where you're going unless you're about to tell a phenomenal story that is going to bring it all together. Yeah. And I think, and I think to your point, I think it's going to mean that Eddie's going to have to undo his rules Mm -hmm. and he's going to have to give it up to venom a little bit more than he currently is. And the way that this is set up, I just don't see that being the case Mm -hmm. because I mean, unless he follows through, I mean, the last line he says before he goes to fight carnage is I will let you eat everybody. And I know that that's a throwaway line for like a comedic moment, but I have a feeling that in when this comes to pass and there's a Spider-Man versus Venom scenario, I have a very distinct feeling that that's actually going to be the reality is that Venom is that Eddie just says, great, you beat Carnage. That was the biggest threat. Have fun. Like, you got it. I'm not worried about it. And that just seems odd. That seems odd eating, to build up to him that. Eating carnage was also weird to me too. Like, well, the whole end of that, to be honest know. with me, I I get the comedic moment of like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Which was their one like PG thirteen f bomb yeah. that they were permitted. Yeah. Um, I mean that that's a very rewarding and satisfying moment. There was no other option 
I mean, you couldn't do it any other way. Yeah, you couldn't do it any other way. You're not going to imprison him. I mean, he's going to have to eat him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I suppose that that pays off. I think the whole, again, that half quarter plot thing not paying off is it's the comment from Cletus right before uh, Venom eats him. I was wishing you'd understand me because I wanted a friend. Mm -hmm. What? Like, I get that you felt isolated as a little kid, but there was none of that. You put a you tried to put a lot more depth to somebody who I didn't necessarily give a fuck whether or not there was depth for. I'll disagree. Okay, and I'll I'll disagree because I think I think that that was kind of set up when they were having the conversation while they were fighting. Cletus says, "You didn't tell the whole story. You didn't tell my True. side. You didn't say how I was abused." And I think that Cletus the entire time is saying that we were alike, and I thought that you could relate to me. Oh, sure. And so, like, you were supposed to feel how I felt, but you didn't. That's true. And you never told the full story about who I was as a person. You just sent me to death row. And that was the reason that he always trusted Brock, because he did the research on Brock. If anybody was going to understand and tell that story, it was going to be Eddie Brock and Cletus and Cassidy's mind. Yeah, that's very true. And I will say, I did think I did like that original story for how they introduced Venom and Carnage and Eddie to Cletus. I thought that that was well done to make it the, to lean into the reporting element. Like I thought that that was really good. So I don't, I'm not mad about that after basically shitting on this for the last 45 minutes. Uh I don't think that there's, that's a part of it that I enjoyed. And to be honest with you, to Andy Serkis's credit, what he went for was accomplished. This was a, this was a Ford Mustang going 95 down the yeah. freeway. Like there yeah. was, there was no part of this that wasn't like, this is really fun. It's just, I wish that it lasted a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of wish that there were some of those backstory things. I I just wish some of those elements that they introduced were completed because I yeah. didn't hate them. Yeah. I didn't, it's not like I was opposed to them. It's just, mm-hmm. they ended up falling short. So, so, so let me ask you a question, unless there's anything else you want to say. No, about go ahead. How do you, where do you rate it? Scale of one to 10. We usually we do, is it worth the price of admission? Yeah. And I think that that's an easy, we love movies. Well, so I'm, anything is really worth the price of admission. That's very true. So yes. where do you rate this on the scale of, you So know, Marcus, I actually, I'm glad you brought this up because okay. I wanted to introduce a new rating system. So nice. on a scale of one to five microphones, okay, I give this a three and a half. Okay. I give this three and a half microphones out of five. And the reason why I give it three and a half is it's enjoyable. It's fun, but I it's enjoyable and it's fun and it's a nice ride. It's a certainly a great follow up to a fantastic first film. I think the reason why it's short uh, a microphone and a half is there are just elements of this that felt rushed that I either wished were cut and another workaround was found or were completely flushed out. Um, and, and not, not to the point that they were completely flushed out, but a little bit more exposition. Like we didn't get anything on where Shriek came from. She was just there. Like, and we didn't get any exposition on why Ravencroft was keeping her there or why Raven, what Ravencroft is in general. It was just like, look, we put them there. And again, trust your audience. Your audience is going to know who that is, but there are some pieces of this that I felt like could have been a little bit more. It's a great point. Explained. So out great of point. out of our out of our one to five microphones, I give it a solid three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. On a scale of one to five mics, I'm gonna say four. 
Okay. I'll give you a full four because I believe you are just too. You are a few steps, a revision, yep. a reshoot away from having um, a really good movie. Now, here's what I'll say yep. about the first. Here's what I also give it a four. I give it a four because the first Venom movie did not hit with me originally. Oh, it sure. Did okay. not. When I saw it in the theaters, I don't think that it hit with me. After I rewatched it during the pandemic, I was like, oh, wait a minute now. This yeah. is actually a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. I get what they were trying to do. I get the pace of it. After the hype died down, I yeah. got it. So what I want to do is rewatch this after the hype dies down, after it's on streaming services for a while. Yeah. I think I, I could enjoy this movie for what it is. And also, I got to give some credit to that end credit scene. Yeah, um, that's true. That end credit scene really set. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. I'll be honest with you. I've yeah. been trying to think about it. I don't think I've ever seen a universe connect like this through other properties. Like yeah, Marvel, Disney, I don't know what they got going on. Kevin Feige, I don't know who it is that's at the helm of this direction, but whoever it is, bra fucking vote because no kidding, you are doing something new where you're you just introduce Sony, who is supposed to be the competitor mm-hmm. to the multiverse, saying that yeah. anything is possible. You basically you basically canonized you canonized a character. That we never thought we were ever gonna get. Which means you basically worked him in. And with No Way Homecoming, yep. I have a feeling that's gonna further cement this as no, 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 no. This is this is Spider-Man MCU canon. He's gonna have to yep. battle Venom at some yep. point. Because because if that happened to Venom in, in this movie, I imagine that this was an example of what happened to Green Goblin and Doc mm-hmm. Ock. And all of those when it's time for Far From Home. The explanation won't be needed because nobody will have to explain anything. They'll just say, remember what happened to Venom? The same thing happened to them. They didn't know how they got here. They're just as confused as we are. And they just popped the fuck up in a world where this Spider-Man exists. And they saw Spider-Man and the only thing they knew was what they knew from their universe, which was Spider-Man's the enemy. Which to us, we're Spider-Man where this universe is new to us. We don't really know. We're trying to figure it out. And to... And to the monsters, they're the OGs that have been around a long time that have grown up with Spider-Man saying, no, you got some shit coming you just don't know about. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's going to be interesting just to see what they did with what they do with Morbius, because yeah. Morbius comes out after yeah. No Way Home. Yeah. So does he exists he work, in that universe. Does, does he he exists in that universe? Yeah. Did the same thing happen to him? Yes or no? Like there's. Basically, Sony, basically, Disney said our biggest event, you know, the past 10 years, the biggest event was the Infinity Stones. The biggest event that will have the longest lasting impact on our MCU going forward is going to be this multiverse concept. We could leave Sony behind and have to fight them or we could bring them with and and just basically basically accept the fact that they're going to be sitting at the table with us and tolerate them. That's fine. We're going to eat. They're going to eat. There's enough money to go around where they're not going to really be a competition. I mean, it's a put your nuts on the table kind of move to say, <laughs> yeah. I am not worried about you competing with me uh, so much so that I'm going to give you carte blanche to use a concept that I'm introducing. That's going to be a major plot point for me. I just, it's basically, yeah. <sighs> I'm so frustrated because <laughs> why? I just, because I just want this to work. You know what oh, I mean? 100%. Like I want this to work, and I know that the the blogs and shit are all saying the same thing. Like they could lose these characters and blah 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 blah. No, but you know, 
when you build up this momentum like this, it's like having blue yeah. balls. Like yeah. you have to execute this. You have to get this right. Y'all oh, have a plan, and it's clear that Spider-Man is the center of this plan. And again, the center for two different yes. competing production yeah. houses. Yeah. And it's going to be – and i got to be honest with you. I I think people are expecting them to duke it out. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to mm -hmm. sit down. They're going to have a cigar and a brandy and be like, look at us, right? Uh, we fooled them. <laughs> and they're going to have a big laugh about it as they Scrooge McDuck style dive into a pool of money and swim around in it. While, we while still we're over we here like, ooh, they don't get along. Yeah, No, they yeah. get along just fine. It's That's just true. we don't see it yet. That's true. So, um, again, this movie is out in theaters. Um, I would say, although I gave it three and a half mics, I would say wait for it to come out in streaming mm. i don't think you have to see it in theater if you have a local movie theater that is unaffiliated and they are playing it go see it to support your local theater i would say if you're at if your choice is like an amc or maybe wait till you get home i would say it doesn't have to be seen on a big screen so i don't think that there's any big rush not no digs at amc but i'm trying to keep local theaters alive i can see that yeah so um yeah check it out wherever you find that we have reached the end of our discussion on Venom. Marcus, what do you have to plug or maybe what are some things that you are reading or watching? Uh, it ain't a lot to plug. Look, follow the mantra, man. Um, never offended. Always humble. My mental health took a, took a toll um, after the weekend was over. It just was it's just a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> You ever have those moments where you're like the hero in your story and mm. you wake up from your dream and you're like, yeah, what if I did everything? And then it starts to happen. You're like, I don't like the spotlight on me. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. what happened to Mark. That's yeah. what happened to our pal Marcus yeah. this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, and it's, and it's also like, you know, just a real moment for everyone, you know, oh, yeah. expectations, people's expectations, you can ignore them, but they are mm -hmm. there. Oh, 100%. Um, and, and when it's, and, it, and, and sometimes you know, you, you pray for things yep. and you wake up and you get the things that you prayed for yeah. and it, and it may not have come in the way that you thought it would have come. And, and that's not a, yeah. it's not a bad thing. It's, 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 it's like, it, you have to be able to find the balance and things and figure it out. Cause once you pray for it, the other part of praying for it is like the work you got to put in yep. to maintain it. I mean, and that's, the, and, that's the old adage is be careful what you wish for because yeah. it might just come true. And yeah. then you have to you have to wrestle with it. So that's and a you great have to deal with fight. it. You have to deal with, and it's not a bad thing. It's not. Oh, I don't want it. I don't like it. I asked for this. I I, I asked true. for it. I remember it. I remember it clearly. And and now I have to ask for the guidance to just maneuver it. And, sure. and that's the biggest thing. And so, uh, you know, follow the follow the mantra. Never offend it. Always humble. That's the thing. Um, you know, we got more stuff on the way. Soul Tide will be dropping some music soon. Uh, more, you know, clothing is on the way too as well. But enjoy the podcast. Consume as much as you can. That's the only thing that we ask for because we enjoy doing this. We enjoy uh, making this kind of content for you. So, absolutely. Um, I would like to put in a plug for the love nerds. Hey, yeah. all is here. It is a great time to go and look at all of those fall fun fall crafts that you may be doing that. Um, and the lovenerds.com is a great resource for those craft inspirations. They are also a great resource for fun. Look, you're going to be getting together and watching some football. Try out sure. one of the Maggie's recipes on 
um, for a game time meal or yeah. game time snack. Check that shit out. So absolutely check out thelovenerds.com. Also want to remind everybody that you can join our Patty family and watch every episode live before it drops on Mondays. Remember, those are going to live. Those are going to drop on Wednesday, uh, Friday for everybody. But if you want to catch that shit early, um, got to sign up for the Patreon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, patreon.com slash films in black and white. Um, as Marcus said, we enjoy doing this. We love doing it. Uh, your support means great things for us. And, you know, hey, just. Find a way to support us wherever you can, and we greatly appreciate it. But, Marcus, we have a three-step process to success. Sure do. And I'm going to kick us off with the first step, which is read a book. Look, guys, there's tons of information out there, and you can consume it in a lot of different ways. But at some point in time, reading a book can bring you a great deal of joy. And it doesn't have to be – it does not have to be a – uh, like a paper book. It can mm. be a comic book. It can be mm. an audio book. Just read a book and expand your knowledge and take yourself to new yeah. heights. Read yeah. a book. Read a book. Sponsor us. Audible. So, sponsor yeah, please. Us. Hey, sponsor us. Audible. That would be great. Marcus, what's our second step? Your second step is to drink some water. It's getting cooler, yeah. but that does not mean the internal temperature in your body is getting cooler. Okay. It's up to you. To maintain that, you got to drink some water. Water keeps your breath fresh, keeps your, you know, your, sure. your bowel movements clean. The water does a lot. Okay, does a lot. It does a lot for us. It matters what water you're drinking. If, mm -hmm. if you know, if yours is a little bit too minerally, it tastes like a rock. Go buy a filter. Uh, if you need some good water, just go get the bottled water. You know, eat the cost. Go do that. But whatever it is you got to do, yeah, make sure you drink some water. And treat yourself to nice water every once yeah, in a while. To, People some, sometimes that that sometimes it's nice for a little yeah. treat. Yeah, um, Lastly, wash your ass. Look, everybody, it is oh, yeah. fall. The, the, the leaves are going to start falling. Uh, we're going to start changing. Things are going to get a bit chillier. But that doesn't mean that people aren't still going to smell you. You yeah. think that your yeah. body's going to escape you know, smell of others by putting an extra sweater on. If anything, it's going to make it worse, make it worse. Uh, because you're going to go outside where it's cool to inside where it's hot. It's yeah. just going to get worse. Get so make sure that you wash your ass, um, cloth, soap, something that there, get up in it and make sure you're clean um, and wash your legs. I uh, keep saying that because it's important, but yeah. don't just let the water drip down. Actually uh, wash your legs. Thank you. Um, we will be back next week with yeah. a nut with our trio being complete covering um, no time to die, um, which is Thank the God. next uh, James Bond movie. Um, remember Marcus and I will also be doing our candy case showdown of our top eight finalists at that time. Um, not at that time, but at some point in time in the next week or so we'll be doing that. And yeah, just check out all that stuff there. But in the meantime, and in between time. In the between time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will catch y'all next week. Go buy some love, honey. <laughs>